Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And greetings to all of you loyal, patient How To Be Sound listeners and welcome to a long overdue new episode of the podcast. I hope you all found time to listen to and enjoy last week's bonus episode, which was a little snippet from my producer Liam Garrity's Meet Your Maker, featuring Louise Gold, one of the first ever female Muppeteers. You can subscribe to Meet Your Maker wherever you get your podcasts, basically wherever you're listening to this. But back to business. This episode of How To Be Sound is brought to you by Shuppa Ella, a designer consignment store with not one, not two, but four locations in Dublin and an online shop at shuppaella.com. They sell lightly worn pre-loved designer and high street clothing and accessories, as well as their own range of carefully chosen bits and pieces under their Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home labels. And to celebrate our little partnership, Shuppa Ella is offering 15% off all Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home items when you enter the code ROSEMARY, all lowercase, at checkout. This discount is not valid on the pre-loved designer gear because that stuff is already heavily discounted. So you'll get Chanel, Gucci, Louis Vuitton and more all guaranteed authentic by the crack team at Shuppa Ella for a fraction of what you pay for them brand new. Check them out at shuppaella.com. That's S-I-O-P-A-E-L-L-A.com now and enter the code ROSEMARY lowercase for 15% off the Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home ranges until September 31st, 2018. This episode is also brought to you by me and my producer Liam. We work um, tirelessly to put together each episode of the podcast and that takes time, research, experience and equipment, none of which comes for free, except maybe time. But I would argue that time is the most valuable commodity of all. Anyway, if you like the podcast, enjoy reading my blog, feel like creatives should be paid for their work and have $1 per month to spare, you can support me and How To Be Sound by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Rosemary McCabe. That's patreon.com slash Rosemary M-A-C-C-A-B-E. You'll also get extra special bonus content, access to the How To Be Sound book club, which is having its inaugural meetup in September, and you'll get your name read out at the end of every podcast, so stay tuned for that thrilling reading session. Now to the task at hand, the new episode. Joining me in studio today, I have sexpert Shauna Scott, owner of sexshuppa.ie, recent first date star, and even more recent wedding celebrant, here to talk love, dating, and dildos. Shauna, welcome. Thanks for having me, Rosemary. Thank you so much for coming. Tell me about you, right? So it's pretty obvious from hearing your voice, even that tiny snippet people have heard there, that you're not yeah. from here. No, I'm from Seattle originally, but I've been what living... What you here? Um, well, I... So I dropped out of college when I was 20. I did like six months of college, realized that it wasn't for me, and I dropped out, and I had a year to use my student visa. I kind of wanted to go traveling. I'd been to Ireland once before, but I never, never went to Dublin. So I really wanted to see Dublin. Came over on my student visa, spent like four months working in a pub and fell in love with someone and then um, went home, did the long distance thing for a while and came back and got married. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Subsequently divorced, but we don't. Okay. Really. Well, we listen. Have, yeah, we can listen. skip past that. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. 
And when did you decide to set up sex shop? So you were working in a pub, you went back to Seattle. And, yeah. And what were you doing then? So back home, I was working in a photo lab, which I loved. And like I got into photography. Myself and my ex-husband were both photographers. We did a lot of music photography, wedding photography, like just kind of event, event photography generally. We were both working in a chemist and doing photography on the side. So we kind of both were working like two full-time jobs. And then when we separated, I continued to do the photography thing part-time. And then around 2011, I was in the market for a vibrator and was doing my market research, like looking, or product research even, and looking for a vibrator that would suit me. And just from reading the blogs, realized that the industry as a whole is largely unregulated. So you can make a sex toy out of any old crap and it's perfectly legal to do so. What's so, the weirdest thing you've seen a sex toy made of? Well, the, the worst is PVC because PVC is completely porous. So you can... Oh, gross. Yeah. But the thing is like PVC in its natural state is a solid, like your pipes are made out of it and it's perfectly fine for it to be like in a solid state but when you use plastic softeners to make it into that kind of jelly texture that we'd see in a lot of like like rabbit vibrators oh my god i think i have one at home <laughs> you need to throw it Again. out you're gonna throw it out um, just just before we go on with the pvc though yeah. does that go in the waste electronic you can't what bin does that go in it doesn't it doesn't go in in the waste electronics because they, they the won't landfill. take it because it's it's technically a, a yeah oh gross yeah. yeah okay um the wee boxes can't take it because it's technically a biohazard because it's been used internally so it ends up in a landfill which is why i tell another reason why i tell everybody apart from the fact that like you want to buy a toy that's going to be non-toxic to you the environmental implications of buying a toy that's going to be made of something like silicone that's going to last you years and years and years versus a toy that's going to last you maybe six months to a year and then you're going to have to toss into a landfill okay and i mean can you buy biodegradable toys probably not no that'd be weird no (laughs) (laughs) when you first set up sex shopper How was it received or how long did it take you to start to kind of gain traction in Ireland? When I first started, it was kind of like taking a bit of a gamble because... I was being told by everybody that Ireland was not ready to talk about sex toys. That when they opened Ann Summers on O'Connell Street, they got sent riots. There there were riots. They got sent a bullet in the post. Yeah. (laughs) That's so extreme. But that was like 1999, and this was like 2011, 2012 is when I started like preparing to, to open the shop. And I was like, no, I just, I have this gut feeling inside of me that Ireland is ready. And y'all better like hold on to your seats. So I, I opened up the shop and then like nothing. <laughs> I, I couldn't get an interview to save my life. I was getting in customers, but I couldn't get any kind of like media coverage. PR no one, press, no yeah. one wanted to talk to me. I mean, I don't come from a PR background. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone in media. So it was very hard for me to get a foothold. You know what the media loves as well? They love a good tragic story. So like if you'd had a story where you were like, I got toxic shock syndrome, lost an arm, and then I set up this sex shop because I got it from <laughs> yeah. myself. Do you know what I mean? That would have been a great story. Yeah. And I didn't and I, I didn't Luckily, I didn't, didn't have any I didn't happen. have anything tragic happen to me. So I got in Dublin magazine did a feature on me. And then a few months later I won a web award for best e-commerce site in Ireland. I bet Vodafone and Avoca. And oh, wow. Like, and this was in my first year of business. I won best econ, not best sex shop, 
e-commerce, just best e-commerce website. And it was like, it was a website that my boyfriend at the time had made for me. And so it was like, it was such a big deal. And I was in a room surrounded with all of these web agencies who had spent thousands and thousands like building websites for people and stuff. And, and then here comes like me and my boyfriend with our little like mom and pop shop. Oh, and then I got so much traffic that night that the website fell over because of course it was the first website that either of us had built. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, (laughs) we had a a very difficult conversation. We were like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to kill our baby. So we killed the baby (laughs) and went with a different platform. I'm now with Shopify. And then after that, because I was getting so much traffic and so much attention, then people started to take notice. And then it just kind of snowballed from there where like I I was suddenly getting lots of messages from newspapers and magazines and going on radio and television and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's just been brilliant. So I think like once you kind of get your foot in the door, it's much easier to mm-hmm. approach a media outlet and say like, look, this this is a this is a cool thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And please take notice of me. <laughs> I mean, even from a media point of view, I remember when I'd be looking for anything specific, you'd be looking for a counselor who specializes in child psychology and you'd yeah. Google it and you'd find that they'd been used in a different magazine and that they gave good quotes. Yeah. And you'd go, okay, great, I'm going to talk to them. Yeah. And like also, I guess... 15 years ago, we weren't writing about sex in the same way that we are now. So from a journalism point of view. completely different. Yeah. yeah. People didn't need your quotes. Whereas yeah. now it's like we're, you know, writing articles about why Irish women don't talk about masturbating and, yeah. you know, like all these different things where that's something that you could talk about. Because you know even, I mean? even six years ago when I first started, the way we were talking about sex and, and the way like my shop was written about was in kind of a, a like a a sensationalized kind of titillating yeah, yeah. red top sort of way. Mm-hmm. And it Would you believe it? Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a girl and she's, you know, selling sex toys and stuff. And I I, I really appreciated the attention that I was getting, but at the same time I'm like, look, there there's so much that I want to say other than I run a sex shop. There's mm-hmm. so much more mm-hmm. about sex that I want to say than, hey, look at these dildos that I sell. Because it's the shop is much more important to me than just selling stuff now obviously like I have to make a living as well but it's um I started the shop because it was something that was important to me not necessarily as just like another way to make money because there are trust me far easier ways to make money like if that were the case I would just get a job in the civil service (laughs) yeah get that nice permanent pensionable job but I didn't I didn't want that I wanted something that I was going to be personally fulfilled by and feel like I'm making some sort of difference in people's lives did you get any backlash? Did you get any bullets in the post? No, no bullets in the post, thankfully. You do occasionally get the odd email from someone, not necessarily being negative, but just being slightly inappropriate, like inappropriate ways of like talking to me. And I like okay. I, I, I know I've told you about this before, but like I'll, I'll occasionally get like people sliding into my DMs and you know, asking me on a date, asking me for sex. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily because of my business specifically or just because I'm a woman on the internet. It's probably a bit of both. Because I was talking to somebody about this today and I said that somebody had slid into my DMs and it was a bit suspicious. Mm. And the guy I was talking to said, what do you mean? Like, maybe he's just being nice. And I said, no, it was just a bit this. And and I couldn't explain it. And then I changed the subject. And then I went, you know what, actually, the thing is, as a woman online, you get used to people sliding into your DMs. And, you know, like as a person online, people slide into your DMs all the time. And I don't mean that it's not always suspicious. But you learn 
when it is. You know what I mean? You, you just you, you can have feel that, the tone where you you're have like, that I know instinct. what you're getting at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes it, it, it might be hard for straight guys to see because they'll just be like oh well we give everybody benefit of the doubt and the problem is like we you know women give men the benefit of the doubt all the time and always ends up being dodgy always yeah I think the guy I was talking to as well was kind of going oh you know everything isn't like I get this a lot like everything isn't a feminist thing and I was going no but remember you were telling me about that time that that you were getting all these girls sliding into your DMs and you could probably tell which ones were going I'm interested in your work and which ones were going I'm interested in you and he was like oh yeah Yeah. you're right and I was like like it happens us all as well yeah except for I think if if you're a woman online it happens a lot more because I think being available online somehow you know, it's like those traffic light parties. Mm. If you're online and you're tweeting and, you know, people know that you're single or you're tweeting in any way about sex or talking about it online, it's suddenly like green light, yeah. you know, slide on in there. Yeah. Gross. I'm sorry I said that now. People may know your voice also from First Dates Ireland. Yes. How did that happen? Um, That happened because I got singled last year, <laughs> went through a breakup and then a couple months later... A friend of mine jokingly said, well, why don't you go on first dates? And I'm like, I love first dates. First dates, Ireland is so much fun. Whatever way Coco Television do their production, it's so sweet. And they take like real people. It's it's not like there's no actors. I mean, I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's actors that go on the show. And they do genuinely, I think, try to pair you with someone that they think that you'll get on with really well. As a nation, we love to live tweet and watch TV together, Mm -hmm. which I love. It's like a nationwide goggle box in a way. And so you'll see people like rooting for people on Twitter. And I'm like, I love that. I like, I love kind of the, the positive energy that it brings to Twitter because Twitter is like a garbage fire, but there's something about the way that we live tweet Eurovision and Mm -hmm. first dates and the toy show. Oh, it's absolutely my favorite way to watch TV. It is live on Twitter. And it's, yeah. And it's just this real, um, it's just such a positive energy. And I was like, okay, well, if I was going to go on any kind of reality TV, this would probably be it. So yeah, I just like, I sent them a message. I'm like, Hey, guess what? I run a sex shop. Also, I like want to find, find someone to go on a date with because I was having difficulty with like, okay, Cupid, Tinder. It just wasn't for me because I'm, I'm the kind of person that I feel like I have to get to know someone really mm-hmm. well before I have feelings for them. And then mm-hmm. once I have feelings for them, then I'm a goner. Yeah. But like to get to that point, I really, I feel like I need to like get to know someone. So it's very difficult for me to like look at a profile or just like look at a photo of someone and or be it's like. it's so hard. Like when I'm on Tinder, I feel like swiping right for almost everyone because I'm like, I could see how you'd be cute if we get on. I could see you'd yeah. be cute if you've a good sense of humor. I could see how you could be cute if, if X, Y, Z. And then you get drawn to them and you're like, oh no. But I, I like I don't even get to the point of like chatting with people because I'm just like uh swipe swipe because I, I I'm so um, cynical about I, I'm just like oh I that person looks like they would judge me for running a sex shop maybe Tinder is the one area in life where I'm a positive person <laughs> where like I become a you could be nice whereas the rest of the time I'm like you're awful I'm about everyone I'm yeah I'm just like I'm super pessimistic when it comes to online dating and so I thought first dates would be a bit of crack. I could shout out the name of my shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if it goes well, I, like, have a nice date with someone and then we could take it from there. I can get to know that person and, and take and it from there. For anybody who didn't see it, yeah. did it go well? <laughs> Not 
particularly. <laughs> did you watch the episode back afterwards? I did. So I actually, I watched it with the guy who is now my boyfriend. <laughs> Not yeah. the guy you went on the date with on first Not time. the guy no, that I went okay. on the date with. Yeah, it was funny because that entire time when I was on OkCupid and then like did the audition for first dates and got on first dates and when I, I was chatting with this guy for ages, he was a friend of a friend. And we actually got to know each other, like, through this other friend. We'd go, like, a big circle of us would go for drinks or whatever. And so I was just texting him, like, why why are men so trash? Why am, why do I keep getting all of these massively... The best chat-up line ever. Why are men trash? Why are men trash? And he was like, I know, right? I never got a sense that he was ever trying to hit on me, which just made me want him even more. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I just, I never got, I never got a sense that he was into me. It, he was just, just being a very genuine, like, warm friend. And so I would just send him screenshots of all these horrible messages that I was getting from people on OkCupid. My favorite was, how are you cock breath? That was it. That just the, just the one line. Yeah, I got a lot of one-liners. <laughs> A lot of stuff about me being a feminist. So the problem with online dating for me is that if I got that message, I would write back. And I would oh, go, yeah, I, like, what's, I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, what, you know, what do you expect to achieve from this? So I'd end up having loads of these conversations with people when they're like, oh, I was just like, you know, somebody would send me a dick pic and I'd go, Why? what do you think is going to happen next? And they'd go, oh, I just thought it was funny. Like, and we'd have the most ridiculous conversations, but I cannot leave it. Yeah. Where I'm like, I want to know exactly your motivation behind this. Yeah. Like, what did Hello Cockbreath think was going to happen next? I have no idea. And I'm like, is this meant to be a neg? Like what? Like what oh, is going on here? Oh no! I know. I'd say it was somebody who like fantasizes about the idea of having like a dirty whore. You know, like some like like fucking somebody even, who's just been fucked by someone else. I don't even think it was that. It felt like just very very juvenile, and I got a lot of stuff like that. Especially because I I put I put in my profile that I was like a feminist and that that is important to me, and that just seems to invite the worst mm-hmm. of the worst mm-hmm. of the worst. Of the I used to love the the sentences that start with. So if you're a feminist, what do you think about X? And you'd be like, oh, that, that, like, I don't like, have time for this. But like what I think about X is not necessarily to do with my feminism. It's to do with my being like a human, intelligent woman. The other, the other thing that I got quite a lot was, and I made the worst mistake in the world by saying that I am like, what, what's one of your favorite TV shows? I put in like Rick and Morty. That, and, I, and I, I do like Rick and Morty. It's a good TV show. But the problem was I'd get like the Rick and Morty fanboys who were like, good job for liking Rick and Morty. And I'm like, I don't need a fucking pat on the on mm-hmm. the head for liking a TV show that you like. Although, you know what? I'm the woman who gave women that bad reputation because I used to always put how much I loved Star Wars. Yeah. And I do love Star Wars now. But like before I really loved Star Wars, I used to be like, big Star Wars fan. And yeah. like, like, I don't think I'd seen the first three properly. I could see bits of them. I just really liked the Ewoks. Yeah. And then I'd have conversations like that. Men would be like, oh, it's so great to find a woman who loves Star Wars. And I, like a little idiot, would be like, oh, I know. See, like, we, we've all, like, we've all been there. Like, especially, like, when I was a teenager, I didn't really hang out with girls. I had my one best girlfriend. But I, I definitely subscribed to the, oh, women are catty and, like, girls are petty bitches and stuff. And I'm just a, I'm a guy's girl. Because I think we all fell into that. There was just something about. I tried. <laughs> There 
was just something about like the early 2000s. I mean, if you think about like what was popular at the time, it was mostly like male rock bands. There wasn't a whole, mm-hmm. I mean, apart from like Britney Spears and stuff, the things that were considered like girly wasn't necessarily the things that were considered good. And yeah. now I'm just like, I'm living my best life for all of the, the stuff in the 90s that I missed because I wanted to be a guy's girl. So now I'm like, Backstreet Boys, Sync, like, Bewitched, and... Oh, not Bewitched. They're coming out with a new album, and I am so excited about it. And they're playing it. Electric Picnic, aren't they? Yeah. But hang on now. Can we just go back to first dates for a second? Yeah. When you watched it back... Yeah. Was there a big difference between your experience on the show and what they showed on TV, or was it pretty accurate? It was pretty accurate. It was kind of a distilled version of what I... <laughs> I don't want to say what I went through. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was terrible. I had a I had a really good time. Okay, so just because it was so awkward that I was leaning into the awkwardness. I'm just like this yeah, couldn't go any worse. You than did it look very is. amused. I mean, let's for people who haven't seen it. Can you still watch it online? It's probably I gone now. I don't know. So for for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, Shauna went on a date with a man whose name I don't know. Pranay. Pranay. Yeah. Who essentially just talked about himself for the entire time, and I remember myself and my housemate were watching. Oh, he didn't. It, right? He didn't talk. He, like he didn't well, talk, but he did talk about it, like himself when he did talk. It was when he a, talked, it was about yeah, himself. He didn't yeah. ask you any questions. And I remember myself and my housemate were watching it. We were screaming at the TV, going, <laughs> "Ask her what she does," because we were like, "That's so interesting, what you do." Yeah. And he didn't at any point say, "What do you do? What brings you here?" He was like, "You know, I'm the kind of guy who this." And then there'd be like a really long, awkward silence. Yeah. Where you were obviously going, mm-hmm, like, "What do I do with that?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's great for you. So I tried to engage him so much I think it was so awkward it was amazing it was uh, I just (laughs) this this might sound terrible I was living for the awkwardness because I knew uh, like first of all I I mean I was worried that it was going to be shite telly but then I was like if they edit this right it could be be really good but I was also just like this is so bad that it's funny yeah it's so bad that it's funny and I yeah it took him halfway through the meal to ask me what I did Mm -hmm. for a living Mm -hmm. I'm like who does that I so I was constantly like asking questions like what do you do for a living and he was like I'm an aeronautics engineer and I'm like yes Yahtzee I'm from Seattle Boeing country talk to me about airplanes I love that shit and he was like well I I design airplane parts and I'm like okay what parts tell me about like airplane and I just got the impression that either he didn't really want to talk about his job or he didn't think that I would understand it and either way like <laughs> but yeah. then I was like asking him about like what kind of music he was into and he would kind of give me like one word answers and then I was like well what what kind of TV are you into or like movies and he was like I don't really watch television and I'm like what am I supposed to do with this like I and then um before we even ordered food he was like I've run out of questions to ask you and he hadn't even asked me what I did for a living yet and so I just got the impression that he 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 either he either was very shy and didn't really know how to talk on camera, which is a skill in, it, in, mm-hmm, a, in and of mm-hmm. itself. And you're very aware of the fact that there's like cameras everywhere yeah. and the pressure's on. So it was either that or he took one look at me and was like, mm, not really interested. Because I did ask him at one stage, I don't think this made the cut, but I did ask him like, what did they ask you in the pre-interview? Because they do a pre-interview and then they, they bring you in and you have your date and then you do your exit interview. And he was like, oh, they, they asked me, like, what kind of girl I was interested in. And I was like, and, well, you know, what, what, kind of, what kind of girl are you, in, are you interested in? And he said, someone with blonde hair and red lipstick. Yeah. And I was like, would you, would you settle for a brunette with purple lipstick? And he just leaned back in his chair and stared into his whiskey and was like, eh, you know. So I yeah. think he probably had his mind made up. Like, he just I wasn't kinda, attracted yeah, to me. I kind of got the impression that he was expecting 
I remember talking to somebody who runs a runs a dating agency and she was saying that a lot of the time men will come in and when she asks them to rate themselves she'll mm. say oh I think I'm like a like a six out of out of ten and then she'll go okay and we're like what kind of woman do you think you should be with and they'll go like Georgia Salpa yeah and she's like what so I almost feel like he was expecting a supermodel yeah do you know what I mean like like yeah. really tall like really long hair like very kind of glam and that he was like oh Here's this like cool woman who I don't really know what to do with. And I also want to point out that for anybody listening who hasn't seen the show, there is merit in the argument that asking somebody what they do is really boring. So you could think, oh, maybe he just didn't want to ask that because it's a boring question. That wasn't it. No. Like, like he literally just was like, he wasn't asking you any questions about yourself. He there didn't was, have the demeanor of a man engagement. who was interested in yeah. knowing anything about you. Yeah. Really. And then what happened afterwards? Like, did you have an awkward like, bye... Like off camera or anything, or is it all just the on camera bits that you see? Yeah, it's it's like all the kind of on on camera bits that you see. We do the like the exit shots where he's putting me into the taxi oh, yeah. and then he gets into the taxi. <laughs> and I actually like I needed to talk to the like producers afterwards, so I, I got into the taxi and then we did the shots and then I got out of the taxi and went to go have the chat with the producers. But I think he he just got in the taxi and left. That was the last time I saw him. And so. you didn't like you didn't hear from him afterwards, you didn't message I didn't him I didn't hear from him afterwards, but I like you know, I'm. I, I want to give uh, again. I want to give him the the benefit of the doubt. Like I, I've done media stuff before, mm-hmm. so I I understand that things are going to be edited, and I think I got edited particularly well out of it. There was stuff that they cut out. I think it made it made me look better than I probably was because, like, if you remember in that same episode, there was a guy who mentioned like the killing fields in Cambodia. I don't remember, <laughs> I think I was too busy going go back to Shauna. Oh yeah, what's yeah. she doing so, now? So there was there was a girl who was on a date with this like really lovely guy, and he was very sweet and shy. But he he started talking about like his trip to Cambodia and like the killing field. He went to go visit the killing fields. Not exactly like first mm-hmm. date conversation, but they kind of made him out to look like just so incredibly awkward. And I'm like that could have easily have happened to me because in my like desperation uh-huh. to talk to Pranay about like literally anything. anything I started talking about the Salem witch trials because he had never <laughs> he had never heard about the, the Salem witch trials and so I'm like sitting there talking First about like feminist conversation 101 women being hanged for, like. hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For, for being perceived witches. Oh, so hilarious. I, and so I'm like, they very easily could have edited me to look like a yeah, complete crazy Because person. they did make you look very cool and also very tolerant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because like, he was doing a lot of like leaning back in his chair and kind of going, that was so, the whole thing. 
I'll give you a sentence, then I'll lean back all the way back here, and then you'll have to, you know, it was, I mean, it was hilarious television. It was insane. <laughs> I was I was watching the entire episode between my knees with the guy who I'm seeing now with putting his arm around me, and he was like, it's okay. <laughs> you really, like, really, you, you come you out of this well. You came really well, no, yeah. you did. But it was great. Like, I was watching it with him and my housemate and her boyfriend, because her boyfriend has a big projector at his place. So we had, like, a oh, big... Oh, nice. Like, a, a viewing little, party. Like, a viewing party where we all kind of had some wine and You'd need watch it. me make a fool of myself on t- TV. No, no, no. <laughs> but you didn't. I mean, anybody who goes on TV and makes a fool of themselves, yeah. arguably, but you made as little a fool of yourself as you possibly could. Well, yeah. done. well done. I think one of my favorite, because I still get people who um, stop me occasionally and they're like, you were that girl from First Dates. I'm like, that was six months ago. How do you remember that? The best was the day the referendum was announced, like at Dublin Castle. I was at Dublin Castle. I was like so excited. I'm like no sleep at all like just so tired but like so excited I'm like the country is changing and I get a tap on the shoulder and I turn around and she was like hi I was on the same episode as you and we hugged <laughs> and it was so great and then we um, made plans to go to the pub and then we never did oh. but, um, but yeah I, that's disappointing I would still really really love to go to the pub with her she was she was so sweet and I was just like I, I'm so sorry I can't remember how your date went and she was like yeah it was a no I'm like yeah well our fabulousness was lost on them anyway <laughs> mm. a couple of weeks ago on Instagram stories you were saying that since first dates yeah you get a lot of men sliding into your DMs asking you out. So tell me about this. So it was like the first few weeks after the show aired, I was getting a lot of emails, a lot of people sliding into my DMs saying like, hey, I saw you on first dates. You came across really well. It's a, a real pity about your date. And I would like to take you out to dinner or to coffee or whatever. And I like, part of me was like, like, why would anyone see someone on TV have a bad date and think, you know what she needs? My dick. Like, men. <laughs> like, why? Like, why would because, you? No, why because, would you because think I feel that? like I feel like men, not all men, but some men could see that and be like, you know what? Now I could really make up for that by giving her the date of her life. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it's like an ego thing where they're like, she looks nice. I could take her out and give her a really good day to make up for that. But also, I think there's like a preconceived notion about um, what people think a sex shop owner is like on a date. What they think I might be like in, in bed. But I don't have I don't have a problem with Hori. Hori is totally fine. But I think they think that anything goes with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as my boyfriend and like previous boyfriends would attest to, I'm the biggest dork on the planet. Like I think fart noises are funny. And so I think um, anyone who's thinking that I'm going to be like some sex kitten sex goddess is in for a rude awakening when I'm like, hey, let's watch Netflix and I'm just going to have some really bad indigestion right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> let's watch Netflix and you rub my belly while I have gas. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's probably an Irish thing as well in that we're so I don't want to say repressed because I don't think we're 100% still repressed we're maybe like 35 36% yeah but I think there's kind of a an overlap in their minds again not all men between say somebody who owns a sex shop Mm. and a sex worker 
and a dominatrix and somebody who's into S&M and they think that all of these things are one thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That they're like, if you will go on TV or on radio and talk about a dildo, yeah. then you clearly will indulge any fetish that I possibly have and suddenly you're somebody who, who my fetish will be okay with. It's Yeah, it's an objectification rather yeah. than... And I and the thing is, like I and I try to say this to anybody who follows me on like social media and Instagram, I am okay with talking about sex. It's literally what I do for a living. If you have a question pertaining to your sex life or about sex generally, I am more than happy to answer that question for you. Where I draw the line is when it involves me. If I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can, if I can twig that you are hitting on me, and like, let's be honest, I know when you're hitting on me and when you're not. Um, so if you come to me with a genuine question, I know if, if it's going to be genuine. If you're coming to me for, you know, whatever reason that involves me, like mm-hmm. I, I will know that instantly because yeah. I get enough of it. And so I don't want people – so it's it's kind of swung the other way where now I get people messaging me, apologizing, saying, I, I'm sorry, I know this is like really offensive, but I have a question about X. And I'm like, no, please, like do not – if you have a genuine question, I want you to come to me. Yeah, of course that's like, not I, offensive. That's, like, that's not offensive and I, like, I want to help. Help you. I want to help um, find the right product for you. And or if you don't need a product, I, I like I'm gonna tell you that as well. I really want to help people. I just don't want people to hit on me because I don't think it's appropriate. Now, in saying that, there are people who run shops in like let's say the states, or people who are um, like sex bloggers in like the states or England, where they, they have a much higher population, and they very openly say that I really like it when people hit on me. I really like it when people ask me out and that works for them because I think they're in a there's a bigger distance between the proximity isn't yeah, as I close because I feel like Ireland especially like if I'm getting messages from people in Dublin somebody who hits on you you're going to see them in Tesco I could yeah I could very easily see them the next day in town yeah. and like sometimes I do like sometimes I'll, I'll get messages from people who are like I totally like I, I saw you out in the street today and I'm like why why didn't you come say hi like, yeah, no, no, no. I find I was actually just talking to a friend about that yesterday about how somebody once sent me a photograph of myself that they'd taken from behind me and yeah. said, oh, I just saw you on the Haypenny Bridge or something. And I was like, that's so weird. Just come over and say hi. Yeah. Or people will message me and go, I saw you in town today. I didn't want to say hi. And I'm like, please do. Like being really nice, but also kind of going, it freaks me out sometimes when I feel like somebody's looking at me and I didn't know. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That I'm like, just come over and say hi. It's much more normal. I had I had a moment like that, like just on the other end of it where I was I was walking to my office. I looked in into Boojum because I eat in Boojum all the time. And Michael Fry from Twitter, like at, oh, yeah, at yeah. Big Dirty Fry, was sitting there eating a burrito. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> I really want to, like, say hello, but also I kind of want to just, like... You don't want to disturb someone eating a burrito, I don't want to disturb someone eating a burrito. And then I was like, do I tweet him and be like, I just saw you eating a burrito? But that's fucking weird as well. But he follows me, so I wonder if, like... (laughs) I like to sometimes... I like to sometimes send people pictures of themselves, but only if it's somebody I know. So, like, one day I saw Liam having lunch in Paris Court, and I sent him a picture of himself. And he was like, (laughs) that's really creepy, but it was funny because, like, we know each other. Yeah, yeah. So I think wasn't it's it funny. It was funny. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so like I can I can kind of like see both sides of it, but at the same time I just feel like if you see me out in public, if you want to say hello to me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. Say but, hi, but don't later say I creepily saw you today. Yeah. Like and you didn't know I was there. So just like going back to like the the first dates thing and people emailing me. So it was happening like a lot when like just after it aired. Mm-hmm. And one of them was an email from a guy who asked me out and then last week rang me up on the phone 
like got my my number off my website because I have like my business number. Oh my God, who even makes calls these days? Oh, I get tons of calls from people, Mo- mostly like from people down the country. I notice that like when it comes to like Dublin customers, they want to email you and people down the country want to have so the chat. We're so modern up here. They want to have the chat. And so I get a lot of older women from down the country who want to have the chats. Oh, that's cute. And it's so lovely. So I got a phone call from like some random number and I just assumed, you know, probably some lovely, lovely older woman from down the country. And he was like, hi, is, is this Shauna? And I said, yes, it is. This is she. And he was like, hi, um, I emailed you a few months ago. I was wondering if you got it. And I was like, oh, was this about uh, like a the, um, like a purchase or something? And he was like, no, no, no. It was, um, I saw you on um, first dates. I knew what he was asking. Mm-hmm. My heart sunk, but I just wanted to double check just in, in case. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was this about an interview? And he said, no, this was about me uh, taking you out on a on a date and I was like oh um yeah I'm, I'm really sorry I don't I don't go out on dates like unsolicited dates with strangers I'm, I'm very very sorry I'm very flattered but um but I, I just I don't do that and he was like well you know I'm like I'm, I'm normal like and the thing was he was so sweet about it and I just I felt kind of bad but then he started to talk over me and he started to ask me questions about the shop. He was like, do you have like a physical shop? And I'm, Oh God. And I was like, it was definitely going to show up with flowers. Oh yeah. And I, I was like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. And he was like, you know, I'm I, sorry. I don't have anywhere where you can come and stalk me face to face. I think he My just, apologies. yeah, he just didn't, he just didn't understand boundaries. And what got me was I, Like, I got off the phone with him, and I went on Instagram, and I said my little piece about, like, why it's inappropriate for people to ask me out on my social media channels. And I was like, I feel, why do I, why do I still feel bad for the guy? And it's because, like, he's being taught that that is okay. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. boundaries don't matter, and that it is romantic to... To pursue and pursue pursue and and persist. Yeah. And I... And so, like, my heart goes out to him because he genuinely, I think he just was a very shy guy who just wanted to take me on a date and thought, like, I'm going to have this big romantic gesture and this will be a story that I can tell the grandkids that I saw, you know, her on the TV so and we met. on a dating show. Yeah. So I, so my heart, like, went out to him. But at the same time, I, like, I really want it to be known to people. Anyone listening, please don't ask me out through my social media channels. If we if we run in the same circles, like maybe ask me out then. But mm-hmm. I I think because because of what I do, I need to protect myself and my yeah, per, my you need personal to have boundaries there. My my boundaries and my personal safety is like so important to me. And I yeah. said that to him on the phone, and he continued to be like, "But I'm normal." And anybody I'm like, who anybody who has to say I'm normal, yeah, like. I mean, my heart goes out to him, too, to a certain extent. But if you have to say to somebody, you know, I'm normal. But, like, you're doing something that implies otherwise, if you have to say that. Yeah. I once went on a date with somebody who asked me out through my social media channels. Right after, so right after the first time I'd ever written about suffering from depression. I got a DM from someone saying, I just read your piece. That's really brave. Blah, blah, blah. And I think it was somebody who I kind of tweet, you know, would like, like, you know, we followed each other and we tweeted before. Mm. And he basically said that he wanted to take me out on a date. I think I was probably, like... 22 or 23 at the time Mm. and I was really flattered and I was like oh great 
And it's just so funny thinking about it now because I think he expected me, you know, people have a certain perception of people who suffer from mental illness, probably a lot to do with TV as well. Yeah. I think he expected me to be like a very wan, shy kind of person who was very introverted and and who he could bring out of her shell. Yeah. And I think then he was just really taken aback because we had basically had an argument when he said something like vaguely racist and I was like, what the hell? Like, what? And we had this stupid argument in a pub and then he walked me kind of half home. I think we went for like two drinks. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go home now. And then later on, he texted me and said, I don't think this is going to work out. And I was so enraged. Because I was like, of course it's not. You don't get to decide that. And I I, I feel kind of bad because I keep like saying like, oh, men, men are trash, blah, blah, blah. Because it, it is inappropriate for, for anybody to be acting that way. But it is consistently men. I have never, ever ever had a woman like ask me out inappropriately it's usually like a like a, i'm re- like really sorry i don't know if this is the right channel but like i'm trying to think i'm sure i've asked out somebody inappropriately i went to bank of ireland once and i applied for a bank loan for a car loan and the guy who was servicing my loan so it's called <laughs> the guy who nice. was doing the loaning the yeah. lending um, was really hot yeah and we were chatting about he was really into film and we were chatting about films and I think I think at the times I was working in the at the time I was working in the Irish Times and I was getting invited to a lot of premieres and stuff. Mm. And we'd had a few meetings because I'd you know gotten it and had to fill out some form and then I had to fill in something else. And then he called me at one stage to go look. That's all gone through. Blah blah blah. And I said, listen, while I have you, like I have tickets to this film on Thursday. Would you like to come with me? And he was like, oh yeah, great, right? So I was like, oh my god, I've got to take with the guy from the bank. He was really hot. And we went to the cinema. And afterwards, we went for a drink at the church, which I've, I just won't go there anymore. It's such a terrible memory. No. <laughs> but like, I, I think it was just because it was near Cine World. And we were, we were sitting there chatting and he said something about, oh, my girlfriend follows you. And I went, you're, oh, no. you're what? And he went, my girlfriend. And I said, you're a girlfriend. And he said, oh, yeah. So like, she, she was saying this, that like, you thought this was a date. <gasps> and I was like, yeah. What did you think it was? And he was like, well, I mean, I don't know. You asked me to go and see a movie and like we got around. And like, mm. to a certain extent, I'm like, I get it. Like men and women should be able to fraternize without it always being assumed to be a date. But also if a woman you barely know asks you out to like a nighttime occasion, it's yeah, probably a date. It's probably a date. Yeah. And I was so mortified. And the fact that like he talked about it with his girlfriend. It, sound- it was really embarrassing. I was so but embarrassed. It, but it sounded like he wanted a free movie ticket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- and like... Like, obviously, that she had said to him, you know, she thinks this is this is a date. And he was like, lol. Yeah. And then I saw him a couple of years later on anotherfriend.com. Mm. And he messaged me and was like, oh, like, you know, you having any luck or something? And I was like, hey, you are you having any luck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <gasps> or maybe it was plenty of fish. How's the fishing? Mm. How's the fishing? They used to love saying that. Gross. I know. Speaking of love, <laughs> let's talk about being a wedding. Well, how did that happen? Oh, um, you're a wedding celebrant now. I'm a to, wedding celebrant to get now. the words out. So now I can like marry you and take care of your honeymoon. Hello. Yeah. Surely, listen. Surely, if you love each other, you can go on your honeymoon without sex toys. Oh, that's very true. But sometimes you might want a sex toy. So <laughs> channeling my mother. Why would you need sex toys if you're in a happy relationship? Thank God she doesn't listen to my podcast. Murder me. Because <laughs> sometimes sex toys are fun. Rosemary's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to know that. But do go on. So I. So 
so like one of the gals so I, I share an office with with two women who work in theater. One's a costume designer, the other is a director. And the costume designer did the course last year and loved it. And I I went to her wedding and it was just so beautiful. And I like I have experience. Like I used to be a wedding photographer, so I kind of I know the wedding industry a bit. And I just I I loved the idea of being able to facilitate someone's big day. It just like the idea of it like filled me with so much joy. And like I'm such a dork. Like I'm I'm a hopeless romantic, which is something that I've like had to admit to myself mm-hmm. in like the last year. Cause like before I'm just like, I'm not romantic. I hate rom coms. I hate you guys. But now I'm just like I'm in a new relationship. So I'm like, I love everything and everyone. And so she did the course and I was like, you know, I think this is something that I can do because I've done a bit of public speaking before. I love doing I like I love doing podcasts and things. I love doing radio. Would love to do more radio, guys, if there's anyone on radio. Listen, hire me. me both. <laughs> and um, and so I I just I felt like it was something that I could do is like a, another little side gig that would make me happy. Cause like, that's the other thing I, I love about my job is like the variety that it yeah. brings me. And I'm always looking for like something like new to do as well. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love variety. And so, yeah, I just, I signed up for the course. This was the first time that the Irish Institute to celebrants did a six week intensive course. It's usually, it runs across six months. You do one oh. class a month for six months and they were like, no, I like we really have faith that there are some people out there, maybe people with public speaking experience who could do this in six weeks and be really good. So did you do one class a week for six weeks? I did. Yeah, one class a week for six weeks. Well, the the first weekend, it was the full weekend. OK, so that was like that was really intense because they start off like the very first class. They tell you all about like the business of being a celebrant, like what you're going to learn across the seven weeks, like what it takes to be in a celebrant. And they told us like up front at the end of like day two of this weekend, you're probably going to go away and think that's too much work, but just stick with it. We promise like it will be worth it in the end and we will make sure that you will be able to be a professional practicing celebrant. And it was a lot of, um, a lot of like kind of improv-y, um, voice coaching, that kind of thing. A lot of the, the classes were taught by people who are practicing stage actors. So it's a lot of learning how to project and speak from oh, I your get you. diaphragm. I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it. Because a lot of times you like you won't, I mean, I suppose if you're doing a wedding of like 200 people or more, you might be mic'd up. But mm-hmm. for for smaller ceremonies of like maybe 30 to 100 people, yeah. you're going to, it's going to be down to... And a lot of non-religious ceremonies, you're going to be like on the rooftop of the marker or yeah. in so a you, hotel room with no mic. You really need to push your voice. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that much of a problem with it. I'm told that I'm too loud sometimes. Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because like I've done like public speaking before, I was just like, this is... I know this is something that I can do. But it's like it's it was hard work like for for 6 or 7 weeks. It was 6 weeks of classes and then the on the 7th week we had our exams. And it's tough cuz it's all you think about. That was like my mm. entire summer was yeah. like preparing for this course and, and sweating then, and say. then doing this course. Yeah. There's so much more to being a celebrant than just like getting up and doing your bog standard ceremony. Like you're essentially you meet with a couple, you write their love story. You, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Creative writing is incredibly yeah. important. And being able to like write your own copy in the style of a ceremony and coming up with like ceremony enhancements. So you have like your, your unity candle or hand fasting or whatever, but like being able to write your own copy 
that's going to be yeah. unique to each couple. And being able to edit it for each couple's style. And, yeah, you know, and like, you know, for. not not every couple is going to have their own readings prepared or have their own music prepared. So you might have to make suggestions like, what are you guys into? Okay, well, here here is some poetry by such and such Just person. listen, get them to play Christina Perry, A Thousand Years. <laughs> And read that one, that Shakespeare one that's like, love is not love, which alters when an alteration finds and then you're finished. I'd be great. I'd be like, you should all do this. Those are are the two wedding-y things I know. And did you like it? Like, are you excited about it now? I'm so excited about it. And actually, the day that I was doing my final exam last week... My sister was actually doing performing her first wedding. Now in the states, it's it's a bit different. Like you just fill out a form online and you're made a minister. And so she was oh. actually coming to me, like asking me for advice, like how do I put together this ceremony? Oh, this that's is kind what of I annoying. Had. Come over and do the course, you had record. <laughs> I'm not giving did, you all my info. She she did a good she did a good job. I, I saw photos from it. She was marrying her her best friends in the woods. Well, they was, weren't going to complain anyway. So. They yeah, they weren't going to complain. But uh, but apparently, like she got like a, a standing ovation. But it's not like, about it, her. I know it's not about her. The couple probably got the standing ovation. Yeah, but she yeah. was she was very um, she was very happy with how it okay, went. She's yeah. like, I I kind of had issues with crying during the ceremony. I'm like, did you like do an ugly cry? And she's like, I didn't. They did, but I did. Like she's like, I started like the tears started coming. I'm like, yeah, that's one thing that they tell us is it's very very difficult if um, you have friends or family hiring you. It's very very difficult, and you need to be in control of your emotions because otherwise you'll just be bawling crying. You won't be able to finish the ceremony so if you're if you're someone who can control your emotions then you're fine but if you feel like you might cry at your sister's wedding or your brother's wedding or whatever then maybe don't be the person in charge of the ceremony mm. i'm trying to think i don't i don't think i would cry no i don't think i would either i sang at a friend's wedding once and everybody was crying mm. not because like because it was brilliant it was very moving not because it was bad <laughs> everyone's like the noise the noise but i, I, I didn't even feel like crying well probably because i was so nervous as well yeah. It's totally different. And do you have any weddings lined up? I have a couple of people who are potentially going to book me. They've, they've slid into my DMs and I... And then you have the chats and you see... Yeah. yeah. So like I've I've set up an Instagram. Um, it's at Shauna Scott Celebrant. Um, Shauna with a W because my parents curse me with a W. And yeah, so that's that's my my other business page. And um, yeah, hopefully like I'll have like a Facebook set up. I, like, I'm, I'm in the process of setting up like all my social media yeah. and stuff and possibly a website. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually really nice to be involved with weddings. Like, it's it's it's, it's such a positive thing to do. It's, uh, yeah, it's lovely. Like, I, I really, really, like, I love talking to people about their origin stories. Like, this is what I, and I, I said this to my boyfriend, I love more than anything else at the very start of the relationship, the getting to know you phase, because mm-hmm. I love hearing people's own like mythology like where they came from like how they grew up like especially Irish people because it's so different from the way I grew up yeah so I love to hear those stories and like and he's a big culty so he has lots of like culty stories (laughs) well Shauna Scott Thank you so much for joining me on How To Be Sound. How can people find you? So you're at Shauna Scott Celebrant on Instagram with a W for your wedding celebrant So for Sex Shepa, it's at Sex Shepa, all one word. And it's the same for Instagram and Twitter. And it's sexshepa.ie, S-E-X-S-I-O-P-A. Yep. No fada. Why would there be a fada? Uh, someone told me that there was a fada over there the eye and there's not. There is no fada. No. Yeah. Oh my God. What a fake Irish person. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. 
Now it's time for the thank yous. First on my thank you list is my producer, Liam Garrity, whose episode of Meet Your Maker with Louise Gold you may have heard as a bonus episode of How To Be Sound last week. You can listen to his podcast at meetyourmaker.ie or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And he's brilliant. Thanks so much, Liam. And thank you to all of you for listening. I really, really appreciate you taking the time, giving me the clicks and giving me your money on Patreon. To all of my patrons who donate $3.33 per month or more, they get the special extra bonus tier, which I regret now, of having their name read out in the podcast. So without further ado, I would like to thank Avril Flynn, Timmy Hennessy, Sarah Conroy, Kira McGuinness, Eleanor Farrell, Heidi Gardner, Sarah Hanrahan, Marina Hogan, Ashling Dollard, Sinead Fegan, Breed Gallagher, Sonia Mary, Michelle Barrish, James Gallagher, Sarah McCann, Anya Kelly, Sarah O'Donovan, Claire Gormley, Jill Murray, Sarah Breen, Roisin Blade, Louise White, Owen D, Carly Colgan Bates, Aoife Connolly, Kira Byrne, Dervla Kintala, Eving McBride, Neve Nigan, Aoife Bradley, Katie Joy, Sharon Lennon, Claire Hegarty, Trisha O'Sullivan, Shauna O'Hara, Katrina Kennelly, Sharon, Marita Leonard, Aoife Campbell, Joanne, Kira Norton, Stephen Harding, Karen Cregan and Dina Walker. You are all very special people in my heart and thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.